Morning Show, Sportsnet 590, the fan, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning. Welcome to winter. Snowing. Mm -hmm. Snow squalls still in effect for parts of the GTA today. Yuck. When do you lose that verb for snow? Because my children obviously still have it. They're eight and five. Mm -hmm. they, they went outside last night at like eight o'clock yep. because it was snowing. And you know, with the neighbors, they were playing football in the quote unquote snow. It yeah, wasn't the, exactly the like the a dusting. blizzard. Yeah, I was going to say the when, dusting. When do you lose that? Because when you have to deal with it, I think. Do you make your children shovel a driveway? Yet? I do. Okay, so, that's so weird. That, there goes that theory. Even a five-year-old, eh? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Good for you. Good yeah. For you. See, Buddy, I, he he has to clean the basement. Yeah. No, they 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 have a, a chore routine for good, sure. Good for you. Uh, that would have been my first thought. Was like the second you. But are they at that? And I I you know I have a kid even younger and quite frankly you know a little dumber about these things where I can say like oh it's a fun game like yeah. and maybe that's the problem is it doesn't feel like enough of a chore mm -hmm. I'm not saying for you to make it harder I'm just saying that's the, the I think that's the thing it's like you can still like at that age trick yourself into like oh this oh, is yeah. fun we're pushing all yeah. the snow and then yeah. we're gonna have all this snow to play with so I I don't know I feel like a job maybe because I in my teens I was not like I love snow this is great but I'm also sour and you know can yeah, hate well, a lot you, of things you don't like a lot of things you're probably the wrong person to ask because yeah like you <laughs> maybe you never had the verb when yeah. do you lose your joy for this oh, I don't know the second when, I came you know, online when do you get yeah. the joy for things now, I definitely remember being a oh man god I remember being like in grade 4 and 5 and we would like put all these big snowballs together mm. and then we'd hide inside of them and yeah. they'd be at reset. So like, buddy, even no. I, even I, cold, black-hearted Brent loved snow as a child. You know, it's, 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 it's almost, it's not as good to get the first snowfall at night when you're at home. The best is when you're in class, right? Oh, the windows you open. It. You're like, hey, it's snowing. And then everybody runs to the, the window. It's yeah. like, yeah, it's Canada. It's, it's almost December. Yeah. They get snows. But yeah, that, that is a moment. Later and later every year though. Like I, when I was a kid, I feel like we got the Halloween snow all the time. Uh, yeah, that's true. Not maybe not all the time, but it was like it was in the cards. Yeah, Halloween snow was in the in the playbook. Uh, I think yeah, the climate it might be changing. I haven't heard. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I gotta say, uh, I won't be making an ice rink or attempting to this year because no? I know it's like this climactic region uh, not really uh, happening. No, I don't think so. You get like two days. So yeah. Yeah. Glorious Thank two days, though. What, what a couple of days. Uh, what a glorious snowfall it was last night um, because I didn't have to shuffle it. All right. <laughs> Enough of that. Oh, uh, just quick, uh, just on the off chance he's listening, uh, my man Marcel on my street who, after a particularly bad blizzard, just yeah. without saying a word to anybody, just dug me out of my driveway using oh. a snowblower. So just like, in case you're out there, this is your season, wow. Marcel. Your time I, to shine, baby. Can I guess what Marcel, like, something about Marcel? Like, sure. see, French man smokes a cigarette? Uh, yeah, cigar, actually. <laughs> Canadians, uh, Canadians, yeah. license plate on the car. Shout out to Loves you, Marcel. giving it to me. And uh, I'll forever, I'll forever he have to hear about that Leafs Hab series, especially if he's going to be snowblowing my driveway on the worst days of, this, of the winter. Worth it. Very, oh, gladly. Yeah, all right. Uh, it turns out $23 million <laughs> worth of forwards doesn't buy you what it used to. Mm. Uh, Mitch Marner, Austin Matthews split up. So we wondered how it would go down because they haven't exactly looked like the most dominant force together. Problem with splitting them up, of course, is that, you know, William Nylander and John Tavares actually did look like one of the most dominant forces. That's what happened. So it's, it's Matthew Nyes, Austin Matthews, William Nylander, who, yeah, dominated last year. Mm -hmm. William Nylander, I guess, is the fixer this year. Uh, Tyler Bertuzzi, John Tavares, Mitch Marner. Now, the second line headed into tonight's game 
against the Florida Panthers. Let's hear from the head coach. Here is Sheldon Keefe after making yesterday's decision. Maybe you not. Guys, oh. You know, you've been talking to me about this a lot the last few days, but it's been a daily discussion for us internally for a good, good chunk of time here now. But Willie has been playing so well, and Tavares and Bertuzzi with him have found such good chemistry that you've been really reluctant to mess with that and more so just challenging Austin and Mitch to sort it out and be better. That, uh, uh, you know, as as things change and you come back from the road and maybe this things start to, to, to wind down a little bit in terms of the high that Willie was on, you can kind of reset some things, so that's really it. But, yeah, there's lots of history there for for those guys having success together and for me moving them around. Okay, first of all, I love the way it's prefaced. It's like, yeah, I know you guys are talking about this. This is you guys and your little – you write your little articles, wherever that is, and the, the World Wide Web, and you do, you do your little talk shows and you talk about yeah. it. That's you, and I want you to know specifically yeah. that this decision had nothing to do with your little thoughts, okay? Right. You who think you know hockey. Mm-hmm. This is, this is we've been thinking about this. We've just, been grinding in the lab, okay? This just, is us. Just for the record, my favorite part of it, and I, I'm not pretending I would have handled this any differently, is all those guys being like, good one, coach. <laughs> <laughs> like, again, I would have probably just oh, yeah, been yeah. laughing it up there like the Joker, okay? So, like, I'm not, no, no, thrones be, no stones being thrown. But that was, if we're going to talk about our particular favorite part of it, that was me. If, like, I'm going to take a slide swipe at you guys. You're going to laugh at it. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to prosthesize for, like, uh, for 15 minutes here uh, going on. The thing I look at regarding this is this is always the way it's going to be with this team. We can sit here and talk about depth and who knows, maybe one day Frazier Minton or Easton Cowan, you know, joins this fray and there is more of a three lines, but so long as you have four guys, two of whom are centers, two of whom are wingers, you're going to be mixing and matching the whole year long. Maybe sometimes you're going to go nuclear. Maybe sometimes you're going to let things kind of stabilize, but when things dry up, this is always going to be the first move that gets made. Always, always, always. I would argue that it shouldn't ever dry up. And that, yeah, the, the thing that Sheldon Keefe said in, in relation to why he didn't make this move earlier, that, hey, William Nylander was right. And also, you, like, challenged the group to just figure it out. Yep. The, the, yeah, they should just figure it out. Like, that's what the money's for. Like, okay, I, I, I guess... You know, maybe a different look, and mm-hmm. you come back to it later. Something will will shake loose here, and 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 maybe you know some time apart. You know, absence makes the heart grow fonder. Sure, There's something to that degree. But no, when you have your four great forwards making more than forty million dollars against the salary cap, it doesn't matter which direction they're being uh, shuffled. That this is not a move to like spread the wealth throughout nope. the the top nine. It's just these guys in whatever different combinations are still going to be playing their 20-plus minutes a game and responsible for basically all the scoring. Figure it out. This is embarrassing. You can't figure it out. Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner together over a prolonged period of time, you force the head coach to take away the one thing that's been revelatory the last couple of weeks, the thing that has kind of saved Tyler Bertuzzi from a slow start Mm -hmm. to the season because you can't figure it out? Yeah, just figure it out. Well, I'm not going to sit here and disagree with you want more from Matthews, you want more from Marner, but this is the point of having multiple options in your top six. Like John Tavares at times, we've been saying about the $11 million player. 
he actually, uh, Mitch Marner is now, he's a 99 point winger that we always call 100, and he's a 10.9 yeah, winger that we it's always call 11. It's it very, funny. I don't know. Like, actually, it feels like that goes out in the wash. Like, uh-huh. we call him higher paid and we give him more points. But John Tavares at times has been the $11 million center who, hey, figure it out. And he hasn't been able to until you flip the wingers. Like, this is. And I think the other part of this, and I'm not overstating how dry it has been for the top guys in Toronto here, but this is a thing I have been kind of like bashing my head against, be it on these airwaves or be it just in text with my friends, is everybody else thinks that, you know, Boston has always been the gold standard for this, but this Boston just writes down their lines in ink. They etch it into concrete at mm. the start of the year and nothing ever changes. No Boston one ever gets now, moves. By the way. Yeah, right. Exactly. These other teams all throughout the league that nobody pays nearly as much attention to, guess what? Shake things up. The Devils, they've had dry spells compared to what they were last year. Shaking things up. The This is what you do. And that I don't say that to take criticism mm-hmm. away from Marner and Matthews. We could sit here and yell at them all day. We did that a lot yesterday. We can do it again this morning. But this just makes all the sense in the world to me. Yes. I'm not, again, I'm not going to, I'm not, I, I, if you want to sit here and blame those two guys for the fact that it has to happen, mm. I'm right there with you. But I think that this is the move that Sheldon Keefe, quite frankly, had to make. I guess, unless you want to do like the real accountability thing, right? Like you want to, it's, and it's like, it's uh, degrees of accountability because it's, you're never going to do what the Columbus Blue Jackets did and start benching people for periods and then healthy scratching them, which by the way has resulted in what, three Mm -hmm. wins in the last four games, including uh, another one over the Boston Bruins, who by the way have lost three straight. They stink, Mm -hmm. like uh, as you said uh, earlier. I mean, if you really want to, send shockwaves through this lineup and and maybe you don't but like if you do want it for the first time in this mm-hmm. near decade run of austin matthews yeah. um have some accountability maybe you do knock mitch marner down to the third line maybe you do bring cali Yarncrock up and and play him alongside so austin do you matthews think, do you think and max, matthew nice you think max domi and mitch marner together sets this team up for more success than just flipping them to tavares like, because I understand what you're saying of, like, make the player hear it. The other problem with this and... Th- and what are you g- trying to accomplish is all. Well, I think you're trying to get the best version of your hockey team to find some semblance of, and we'll hear this word a lot today as we hear more from Keith and from Treliving, who also spoke mm-hmm. yesterday, of finding some semblance of consistency. Like, I think that it, you, if you want to punish the player, then sure, put him down with Max Domi, take away his power play time. But again, like we talked about yesterday... I don't know. Maybe you feel differently than me. I don't think you giving Mitch Marner a smack mm. and send him to the doghouse is going to get the best How version would we of the know? player. How would we know? Has it ever happened? How would we know? Like, I, I yes, don't discount the possibility. Do you remember they benched uh, him and he threw it, a literal oh, fit? I, and, I, oh, I, yeah. And I, then I, what? No. He didn't play well after that? Like, he was fine. Like, he was he, fine. He, he, he survived. And, and I mean, and Mike Babcock did, you know, play him on the fourth line yeah. right, right out of the shoot. It's no, different when again, you're talking about a very young player. For sure. I just don't think there is any world where you heaping blame. And let's be honest, like even if Keith sells it to him as, hey man, this isn't, you're going down there. It is going to become a firestorm. This is the player who, this is the guy who again, like we've moved away from this, but he kind of gave us the same version of it yesterday. This is the shambles in his brains guy. Okay. This is also the guy yesterday who needs, who said he needs to stop overthinking so much when he plays. So I don't think the way to go about getting the best version of that guy is to do anything. And I can understand how that frustrates people to no end. Yeah. It's frustrating. Yeah, for sure. Hand up. Very (laughs) frustrated right now. 
But man, like we talk about parenting all the time. Uh-huh. You're a great resource for me. Yeah. It's like, do you think that is going to yield the best result? Would it feel very good in the moment to be like, you know what? Honestly, man, things. go to your room. Yeah. I've had enough. Would it feel good? Great. Does it actually accomplish anything? I don't know that it does. I, I would say that if you have a 10-year sample of not doing that and it yielding very middling results, hey, you got a, a postseason series victory out of it once, okay? Yep. In a, seri- a six-game series that you were outplayed for the majority of. Yep. Hey, try something else. Like, okay, I guess you have to negotiate a contract extension for him in a couple of years and maybe you sour well, the relationship. Six months. Uh, yeah, sure. Right, but his contract is up in a, yeah at the end of next yeah, but season. You, but sure, unless you sure, want to be sure. in the Nylander situation we're in right now where we have the, sure. is he going to walk and yada, yada. And he also has a no-move clause, so yeah. like you have no recourse at all. Um, I understand that, but I, I, I'm just, I'm of the, the school of thought that let, let's try all the things here. Like, what, why do we always have to resort to everybody has to be the most comfortable all the time. It's not a comfort thing. It is a, it's not, or I shouldn't say it's strictly a comfort thing. Cause I'm definitely making the case with this player, particularly that I don't think that's yes. going to yield the result, but it is also a lineup thing. If Max Domi was honestly, what we were hoping Frazier Minton was mm. this year, just like, Hey, he's going to skate North and South. He's going to be a wholly fine, big body that doesn't kill you. He's going to have moments where you say you want more, but generally he's going to be a totally cromulent mm. third line center. And you're going to put Mitch Marner with that guy and Nick Robertson. I'd say, okay, you know what? Like I'll hear that conversation. I just don't think two small forwards who in Marner and Domi, and if it's Robertson on that line as well, two of whom are defensive liabilities, quite frankly. And in, in, the third is a Selkie candidate. Okay. But not because he's so heavy and he's just killing cycles in his own zone, a really, really important defensive player. And I'm not trying to diminish that. I just don't think there's a chance that he works with any of the centers. This team has outside of Matthews or Tavares. I, would just say, and we can move off of this uh, for now. Because I think it's the, a great topic, the, honestly. The general manager spoke yesterday. We're going to have plenty of opportunities to hit all our leaf points today, I think, um, ahead of tonight's game, which, again, we will be attending, trying to run our record above 500 yep. with one and one mm-hmm. um, Yeah, I would just say that, man, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner has worked in the past. For sure. Should work. Yes. Hasn't worked this season. Um William Nylander, John Tavares, Tyler Bertuzzi, I think you thought was less likely to work. Started working was your mm-hmm. team's best line. That is the thing I am I would have been more concerned about breaking up. And maybe William Nylander is in a place where it just he is the fixer and you just put him anywhere. And I, I have no doubts that he's going to look fine next to Austin Matthews. I would say that if I was wagering what is more tenuous a situation, I would have I would have said... The chemistry built between Bertuzzi, Tavares, and Nylander, considering Tavares's defensive liabilities, mm-hmm. Bertuzzi's slow start to the season, yep. I, that would have been the thing I would have been loath to touch, and that Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner will eventually figure it out. And guess what? They're going to play again together at some point during the season. They're definitely going to play again together. The one thing I'd say about that, and I don't want to remove Nylander, like I don't want to understate what Nylander has meant to that trio. He has been the driver. He has been the guy that has made that line pop. But I've really liked the way Tavares and Bertuzzi have kind of worked together Mm. in the cycle, down low. And again, I'm not saying it's going to work, but 
Mitch Marner was the guy riding shotgun with John Tavares when he had the most goals he scored yep. in the season. And yep. in theory, yep. if you have two great cycle players who are around the net all the time, a guy like Marner, I just think it's a different look. It's a very different look than the line he's been playing with, with Nyes and, and Matthews. And again, not to take any of that off of him. He should have been able to make it work. So should Matthews. But I think there's just, I, I'm not as worried about the chemistry drying up the second Nylander leaves there just because of the way those two, Tavares and, and Bertuzzi, have kind of worked in the cycle. Here's the other thing. Mm. Is that if it doesn't look great, like through 20 minutes tonight? Well, Sheldon Keefe right back into his blender. So that, I, are you sure about that? Because in <laughs> yeah, the, I've, I've, I've actually watched Sheldon Keefe for a half well, decade. I have too, but I don't know that he's been as, I feel like in the past uh-huh. when there's been this, oh, they're flipping the wingers, he's tried to downplay it. I feel like it's been, oh, we do, we do this all the time. Mm-hmm. That, to, or today, yesterday, what we heard from him felt much more strident mm-hmm. than I, I've also watched Sheldon Keefe, so maybe it takes forty minutes, is what I'm saying here. But <laughs> but I, that is the thing. Is it, I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm maybe I've just heard Sheldon Keefe talk way too much, and I take way too much meaning out of everything. But it mm-hmm. did feel that felt a little more definitive than he's made it. Maybe part of it is just trying to kind of calm things down. I don't know, but yeah, it'll just, be interesting to see. Just remember, you out there. Just because you were talking about this, and just because you had <laughs> thoughts that this was a possibility. Has nothing to do with you, okay? Yeah. Sheldon Keefe and the Toronto Maple Leafs brass and the big brains there, they've yes. been thinking about this for a while. This is their decision. Has nothing to do with outside pressures. All right. Uh, mention it. General manager. Spoke yesterday. The manager. Sorry. Oh, yeah. This is, you were talking about this I don't before know. the I show. Feel like people I hear the term, manager. I feel like I hear the term, you know, hey, players play, coaches coach, managers manage. Mm. I feel like I've heard that a lot. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe maybe it's just catching my ears as much, but mm. yeah, it's like, easier than saying general manager. That yeah. takes forever. And, well, and it lumps them all in. Like, you know, manager. there's AGMs, there's deputy, all that stuff. Yeah. So, it's I get tougher it. in baseball when you got the field manager. Yeah. I uh I well, I remember such a thing when I was learning to be an umpire uh, mm. in my youth and they go, "Don't Didn't you know you were an umpire in your youth?" Oh, buddy, I got some tales for you. Uh they they would they would be like, don't call him coach. I'm going to get upset about that mm. if you get to the higher levels of baseball because it's like, that's a manager. That's, so just go call oh. everybody Skip. And I was like, people are way too sensitive about no, these things. That's what man, I remember there's thinking. nothing that makes this, the hairs on the back of my neck stand up more than like that. Yeah, calling a manager a coach and then calling a, a catcher a back catcher. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. There's There's no more... Oh, my God. I, I, okay? I feel like nails just... against the chalkboard. Okay. Anyways, let's move on. Please. Brad for living. I don't know why I did that to myself. We're having <laughs> a lovely Leafs conversation. I'm like, what about baseball? Mm, yeah, you brought it I up. I know. Uh, the tisk, gen- tisk. The general manager spoke after 19 games. Uh, close to the quarter poll here of the season impromptu. I, I don't I don't remember seeing an email that this was an inevitability. I think, I think what happened is he heard us yesterday being like, Kyle used to come out and talk all the time. <laughs> and he's like, he did? Yeah. All right. No. Brad for living hit on a bunch of different topics, but uh, he started his media availability by assessing the general play of his team through 19 games. I think from a manager's perspective, you're always looking at how you're playing. Um, to me, it's, it's, we've been, we've been hit and miss. It's, it's, there's been some inconsistency in our game, right? Which um, is a little concerning. That the area that we is an area that we'd like to clean up and, and improve upon is is you want to try to put that same game on the ice, period after period, game after game. And I think you know the one encouraging sign is I think we've we've 
you know, when you look at a lot of the data that we look at, our, our defensive play and what we're giving up has gotten better. Uh, it needs to continue to get better. Um, but I think overall, there's still there's still gaps in our consistency of how we played, and that's that would be my through the first quarter of the season. Um, that would probably be my overwhelming theme: is we we just got to become more consistent as a group. Yeah, better, I would say. Um, but yeah, here's what I did. Well, that's like. the thing. It's like they're inconsistent because there are holes in the team. Yes. Yeah, and he did address that, and he definitely didn't like uh, deny the possibility of a trade. And like, pretty clearly, that's going to happen. Not now, but he said, no. "Yeah, you can't trade your way out of problems." He did. Um, but here's what I did like: that mm. you could you could have put lipstick on a pig, even though it wouldn't be totally. Uh, genuine. You could have said, "Hey, I, this team has really dealt with a lot. You know, with a lot of travel mm-hmm. and you know, integrating some new players, and we've had injuries on the back end, and you know, we still find ourselves in a playoff spot, and and that's pretty good. Look at look at this team's intestinal fortitude. He didn't do that, right? Nope. Like he did. He said the thing that is plainly obvious mm-hmm. that this team has not looked as good as it's supposed to look, and he even took responsibility for the I, again, like I guess <laughs> would be better. yeah." <laughs> what what's the version of that where moves, he doesn't? All my moves have been so good. Uh, they've been so great, and they worked out perfectly. So he didn't say that either. But respect, like you didn't have to do that. It, it, it would have been disingenuous to to do the other thing. But it's hey, I've listened to a lot of these in a lot of different sports from yep. a lot of different general managers, and it's not always the honesty tack that these guys take. It. Kind of had, well, I wouldn't say, because the last guy, uh, we don't need to get into how honest he was at all times, but there were also plenty of moments where it's like, this is all my fault. It's like, you didn't play, buddy. Uh, Settle down. So I think that there's, I think with Treliving, it's very much just, this is who he is. Like, I think you're going to get a guy who's going to give you a fairly, like, he's not going to come on and say, I'd like to add a right shot D who Mm -hmm. makes $4 million, but I think you're going to get a pretty forthright guy of where he's at on his team. I don't think he's going to try to put gasoline on a fire, but I don't think he's going to try to stamp it out necessarily if he thinks there is one. And I think that this is also part of the kind of, you know, him letting the fan base know who he is in terms of what you can expect to hear from him. Cause we've heard the conversation at the, when he got named, there was one with the Matthews presser and the whole first day thing. And then there's this, like there's not been a lot of opportunity to hear from Shaliving. And I do think it's important to just be honest about what you're, what you're seeing. And the other part of it as well is I think it's a little easier to point out those flaws or, or acknowledge them when you now have the room and we expect they'll have the room this week once we get clarity on the John Klingberg situation to make that those problems go away. Like it's another, it's one thing to admit, like, mm. yes, there's been some inconsistency. Yes, there's some things you'd like to fix. Yes, we, we're open we, to making trades. We can't do anything. But we can't do anything because we're <laughs> capped up. So nobody wants John Klingberg. Uh. It's a little different to admit that with, again, the everyone being very coy about uh, the clarity we'll get later this week that he's going to go on LTIR for the year. Well, I mean, he, okay. So yeah, there was an update on that as well, that he's going to travel not to, to Denver. That was the, that was also a very funny, is this a huh? Denver, is this a Denver situation uh, tree? What? He's like, what? <laughs> it's like, there's hip guys in Denver. He's like, okay, he's going to New York. That was very <laughs> odd. That important where? <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Well, it's important for that reporter I, to go try to talk to some doctor or whatever. I don't know. Yeah. Does he work for like orthopedic surgery monthly or maybe, something? I don't, like, I don't like, know. Oh, wow. Oh, he's really going to Denver for it. <laughs> yeah, that was that was very funny. No, I, I get it. And yeah, and Brad for Living spoke about the fact that, hey, this was not something they anticipated being an issue because, yeah, he's a player with hip 
problems, but mm-hmm. it's been years and years in the past and not related to his poor play in Anaheim Somehow. before being traded to Minnesota last year, I guess. But yeah, that he's Wouldn't, going... Isn't that worse? What? Like if the play's oh, not yeah, related that, to that? Like yeah. It's like, so he was just bad before and now he's hurt and he's bad? <laughs> yeah. What did you see then? Yeah, well, I, I would have been saw saying a brief sample was, in Minnesota. I guess. I guess. But whatever. Anyways, he's gone. You don't have to worry about it, well, Brent. They cleaned his $4.1 million I, bucks until, off the books. Until they get clarity, which who knows which way those winds are blowing. I yeah. mean, okay, if Vegas was taking odds on... John Klingberg being done for the rest of the season. Yeah. What, what would you set those odds at? Because I think I would set him at minus 10,000, him being out for the rest of the season. Yeah, it really does feel like it's it's to that point, right? Of just mm-hmm. like uh, Chiefs best team in the AFC odds right now. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so yeah, Brad for a living has to be open and honest about some of the things not working. And, and Ryan Reeves, he did defend a little bit and because there's, there's Again, reasons. so much cheesier. <laughs> it's, it's, it's true that Ryan Reeves... When he's picking up all these dashes, being yeah. on the ice at five on five, it's not like he's just like he touches the puck and then passes it like Into a pizza, yeah, yeah. like right in. No. no, he is. He's had some bad luck, but yeah, it also hasn't he's gone also exactly done, his way. There's also been a lot of the Leo pointing meme <laughs> of him in his own zone, like oh, oh, that guy's a puck. Uh, somebody yeah. else, please. <laughs> yeah. So ultimately, it is. Yeah, it was good to hear from him, and you know what? Also good to hear from him, not in a situation like it would have been easy for him to take to the microphone after the four-game winning streak, right? Mm-hmm. Like after the return from Sweden, um, because there is no absolute necessity to speak nope. at certain moments. Of the, and I also understand that they were on the road too yeah. after. Yeah, you, after if, the Sweden trip, you can't you can't give like your first avail of the year on the road. I know he could have done it when they were at the practice facility or, or whatever at some point in time before they ended up going to Chicago. But yeah, it would have been, would have been tough luck to do it on the road. And also, uh, he spoke about the, the William Nylander contract discussions about, you know, whether this hot start has impacted. He said we can and we will. He did, oh, he didn't. didn't. Okay, no, he's very much less definitive. That, but he didn't say like, yeah, this guy's not as good as his start, right? Like, no, obviously, like, no, if we're not going to negotiate off this, are you crazy? No, he didn't say that. No, he didn't. <laughs> he said, oh, he's a really good player. You got to play him. We're going to have to pay him. And, and nothing's changed in that regard, which I believe, yeah. yeah I mean, the, this it's still a, a rosy picture being painted by Brad for living as far as his ability and willingness to yeah. give – William Nylander, or get or find middle ground with William Nylander, sign him to an extension. I, I think I think it should be. I think that you have to color it from Treliving's past experience, right? Like he probably thought, of course he thought there was a chance, or he wouldn't have have held on to the guy to the deadline. Thought there was a chance he could re-sign Goudreau. Like he probably mm-hmm. thought that mm-hmm. this guy actually wants to be here. Now he might not want it more than he wants fourteen million dollars, or like we don't need to go into all of that right now. But he actually likes being a Leaf. He actually gets commercials like in the city he's in and is the poster boy for talking on your cell phone on the subway yeah. now. It is it is so much easier for Treliving to see the path to signing William Nylander than it was for everything else he has dealt with up to his hockey life in terms of like big free agent who's trying to get away. It was trying to get away from Calgary. Like he had to sell Huberdo on it because... He saw the Kadri situation, how it played out of, I don't want to get left holding the bag. So I just think from a guy like Treliving, given how honestly hard he probably had to sell guys at times on, hey, do you want to be a flame? Do you want to be in Calgary? And there's nothing wrong with being a flame. There's nothing wrong with being in Alberta. But for a lot of guys, there is. It's not necessarily the dream scenario that they want to play in. 
So I think that him now being a Leaf with all the advantages that that provides, and not just the financial might stuff of it. Players talk about it all the time. First-class org, first-class travel, yada, 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 facilities. I bet he does have a lot more confidence than he's ever had in it. I, I shouldn't say that he's ever had. Of course, there were guys that he easily got deals done with, but I think that he would have so much more confidence than kind of even maybe Kyle Dubas would have had to get this done because Kyle Dubas would have understood the market and the pressures that go with it. With Treliving, it's all kind of brand new, and I imagine it's a bit of a breath of, breath of fresh air compared to doing this job at kind of any other place. For sure. No, for sure. This is, you don't have to sell people on Toronto necessarily, especially when they're good, which they are, despite only having five regulation wins. <laughs> so, so much of the way Brad Treliving will be judged this season is, Twofold, what he does with William Nylander as far as the extension is concerned. And two, what he does at the trade deadline to improve this blue line and, you know, depth of this this hockey team. But all right, let's let's now that he's speaking at the quarter mm-hmm. poll of the season, let's let's evaluate how Brad Treliving's first nineteen games as general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs looks. We have to start with the biggest thing. It had nothing to do with how the season played out at all, but it it must like it must be stated. Got asked to Matthews pen to paper on the dotted line. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there was a outside of like Lou Lamorello coming in here and telling him he had to shave his mustache. I don't know that there's a GM that was going to screw that one up, to mm-hmm. be perfectly honest, but he did mm-hmm. it. So got it over the well, line. To some people, there was a real question mark when Kyle Dubas departed as to whether he would uh, resign in Toronto. But yeah. Okay. Not me, but <laughs> um, okay. The, the additions he's made, the big ones, okay? Klingberg. We're going to give him a slight pass on it, but that takes it from like an F to a C minus to me or a D plus because there is still the lost opportunity cost of getting a guy for free in the off season as opposed to going to give assets now. So I'm going to like D plus is the best I could do for that one. And I know people are like, oh, he got out of the money. Again, the opportunity cost of not signing someone for that money in the off season. And also Catastrophic. If, you, if you take him at his word that this was not like a backup plan that right. you're like, hey, John, like we have right. plausible deniability for you to go on LTIR if you stink, yes. right? Like this actually does feel like, hey, they kind of, again, hope the play, like the human being is yeah, okay, yeah. but like it's kind of a lucky break that, yeah. that John Klingberg who might have stunk either way, got himself into a situation where you can put him on LTIR and he can have surgery and he can be out for the remainder of the Mm -hmm. season. Ryan Reeves. Uh, I would, I really wish we could have the, can we just like put a pin in that until tomorrow morning? Cause I'd hate to come on here and lambaste it. And then he like punches Matthew Chuck in the face and he does something nasty to Sam Bennett. Ryan Reeves is what it is. I don't know that anybody was over the moon about the signing, but I also know that all of those people still, or I shouldn't say all those people, but even myself included, who doesn't like the term, you still see him in the lineup once in a while and you go, okay, it is nice to have a heavy. Like, it just is nice. So I'm not going to, of all the moves, that's the one, oh, I shouldn't say the one I'm like the 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 most bullish on because I like the other two, but I just think we probably spilt a little too much ink on that. If Klingberg doesn't exist and the cat picture isn't as gummy as it is, we don't have really any Ryan Reeves conversations because he gets taken out of the lineup earlier on in the season. So I, I'm going to give that a fan, no, kind of a C- minus again. I'm going to give the overall body of work a D. Mm, I was I, I had two more guys to go with. I, I love Bertuzzi and I love Domi. And sure. I think that those guys really, 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 or Bertuzzi more so than Domi, but I think that 
that is clearly exactly the type of player, and maybe maybe it bleeds perfectly into the Ottawa conversation we have and have. They need some jerks. They need them. And I'm not Bertuzzi hasn't been over the top in that way, but he's starting to come out of it more. And you do need that guy. And just throw in the offensive capability he has. He's clicking with Tavares. Some of that's Nylander. I think Bertuzzi is a perfect, exactly Fine. what we thought he'd be for the five-five flyer. Leafs are tenth in goals for uh Goals four per yep. game in the National Hockey League, despite the fact that Austin Matthews was on a ridiculous tear. William Nylander well, looks was. like a fifteen million dollar. No, he still is. Like he's still one goal off the NHL lead. He scored I understand. six. He scored half of those goals in the Got first it. two games Got of the it. season. That's you know what? You, when you score sixty goals, it doesn't mean that you like yeah you spread them out evenly, right? Like that would be the ideal situation. That would be the most consistent way. That just the, not the way sports work. Is like yeah, sometimes you do score in bunches, and just the overall body of work uh, is is what's represented represented at the end of the year the Maple Leafs have got these incredible scoring seasons at a two of their top six forwards they're still 10th in the NHL in goals for yep. the defense has been totally porous yep. and yeah okay they lost Timothy Lilligren. did anyone look at Timothy Lilligren as some linchpin to the 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 blue line going into this season linchpin, John Cl- linchpin no but he was far and away the most I shouldn't say most important but he was the guy that was going to be he was the lone place for this blue line to actually have a jump forward sure but if you were counting on that like you were saying hey our entire success on the blue line relies on timothy lilligren taking a step forward that's a tough place to be in for a team trying to win a stanley cup it definitely is but i think this is what it this is what happens when the league has a flat cap for nearly half a decade where and this is not a true living defender no no i mean there are definitely things that Tre Living would have liked to have done with this roster that there were just baked in costs that he could not that he could not get around. Of course, that goes back to all the conversation we had about this. But every team in the league, the you know, outside of Boston, who again sucks now, but we were holding them up as the perfect winning machine. Every team in this league has flaws that you point at and say that group is not good enough. The difference is. The difference is, is that the elite parts of that team are able to paper over it. And when the elite part of your team is goaltending, it papers over so much, especially for teams that you don't watch night in and night out, where you go, man, they're getting saves. That's all that you really need. So I think that this is what it is, is that, yes, the blue line, for sure, glaring, glaring holes on it. And that is why the Klingberg thing, I keep going back to it, the missed opportunity cost, all of that. But I also think you had to be realistic about what type of surgery he was able to do. Now, if you have a problem about that, that all goes back to the timeline of the GM and hiring and firing. And that ain't a Bradshaw living problem. That wasn't a Kyle Dubas problem. That was above both those guys. Still give it a D. Okay. It's a D to this point. Again, who cares? If I'm giving him a D after 19 games, going to be totally irrelevant considering what is supposedly to come, well, certainly is to come with William Nylander and should be to come, and Brad Living, I'm sure, expects it to come as far as surgery on the blue line ahead of the uh, trade deadline. Mm. But at this point, despite the fact, yeah, the Maple Leafs do find themselves inside the, the postseason picture, um, they only have five regulation wins, yeah. and the moves have been, yeah, okay. We're talking about Tyler Bertuzzi finally figuring it yeah. out a little bit, being the the, the biggest ups. And well, we hey, just talked about how that line is the and like no one's going to yeah, pretend yeah. it's not Nylander, but he plays on it. No, he's, he's a part of it. Yeah, he's been good, right? Yeah. Like after a very slow start, and Max Domi's been okay. He hasn't scored a goal, but yeah, yeah. like they're making it work. And you Max know, Domi had like Max Domi scores like 
12, 13, 14 yeah. goals a season. This is the Kelly Yarncroft problem where yeah. you look. It's funny. We're we're on the opposite side of the ledger now. People look to Kelly Yarncroft all season long and go, hey, I was told this guy's an almost a 20 goal scorer. And guess what? He finished with 20 because mm-hmm. they come in bursts. They come in bunches. So I'm not, I'm not sitting here and telling you Max Domi set the world on fire, mm-hmm. but kind of like the Bertuzzi conversation. Once you put him in a spot that made sense, it's kind of been exactly what you thought he'd be. Three, 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 five, whatever it is for mm-hmm. one year. Yeah, that's kind of what that looks like. So when do we hear from Brad for Living again? The All-Star break? Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely, there will definitely be, especially with it being in town, something yeah. along those lines. Or, or once we get clarity on John Klingberg's situation and right. you can actually start to make trades. That was the thing. Not that I thought anything was imminent, but it definitely was unimminent once he started talking yesterday. Unimminent. Unimminent. And imminent is unimminent. No, we did the sends. Okay. I can't quickly. You, you want to do the sends now? No. I was going to do it after seven o'clock. Perfect. Let's do it. I, you know me. I'm just going to jumpy and I'm, I'm going to forget, but we you did, remind me. We did 36 minutes. I know. No, I know. It was great. We'll do plenty more on the Leafs. It's going to be so exciting. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning to you. What we're going to do next, though, is talk football. Oh, I, you know me. I love that, too. Um, okay. Good on Justin Fields. Won a football game without a touchdown. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> Against the Pastronaut, who was uh, yeah throwing passes to the wrong team yesterday. Uh, what do the Bears do if they have the first overall selection? We'll talk about that and more next. As the Fan Morning Show continues, Ben Ennis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Big guests and bigger opinions on everything happening in Leafsland. Real Kipper and Born. Be sure to subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sportsnet 590 the fan band is Brent Gunning. Sometimes I, I I wish people could hear the conversations in the break. Not the last one. I was gonna I actually we you know i I don't know why you dragged me into that <laughs> that snake pit that you did in the break. <laughs> and and just for everybody listening, uh-huh. it's not that snake pit that you're mm. thinking of out there. How do you know? Well, maybe. <laughs> Anyways, um boy, the Carolina Panthers in uh, snake pit of their own. Yeah. Because they only have one win. Sorry, just for the parlance of this show, it's actually a dirty, wet pit because that one guy right. texted in that he was cleaning one one time. Yeah. <laughs> it's gross. Sounds so much worse than a snake pit. Like you're a right. snake pit, you're just going to die. Keep, well, yeah. Or you can get rid of the snakes, right? Like maybe uh, that's no, your job. No, again, I, I'm just putting myself in that scenario. Mm-hmm. If someone's like, hey, here's the snake pit. You have two choices. Get them out or die. I'm like, mm-hmm. well, hey, uh, could... Can you tell my family it's been great? Mm. Yeah. All right. That's how that would go. Uh, things not going very well no. for the Carolina Panthers, as mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bryce Young appears to stink. Uh, CJ Stroud appears to be very, very good. They were selected right after each other. Oh. And the Carolina- uh, at least they didn't trade up like a ton of capital. Oh, they gave oh, everything oh, up, no. including the first overall selection, it appears, unless like they, there's a bunch of wins coming for the Panthers under a new head coach. Uh, Patriots praying. That's yeah. the case. Uh, and maybe we'll get to the David Tepper of it all in just a second. But, I mean, that has resulted in the Chicago Bears, despite – you know, winning yesterday to only improve to a paltry four and eight on the mm. season, still being in a pretty great situation because they got an interesting quarterback mm-hmm. in Justin Fields who got MVP votes a season ago, despite the lack of victories. Okay. Um, and they got 
what appears to be the first overall selection plus their own first round pick. Like they they got it going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. This upcoming season, they did beat the Pastronaut, and uh, predictably, Josh Dobbs is not going to be good enough to keep it going for a Vikings team that was, man, one of the talks of the NFL with Kirk Cousins after that horrible start, and mm-hmm. we're figuring it out. Shame for them that they go back to being one of the most uh, star-crossed franchises in North American pro sports. But the Bears is where I'm more interested in mm-hmm. because they had this decision to make. Justin Fields is, what, 10th overall selection yep. three years ago? Guy who had a great college career. Mm-hmm. Guy who has shown flashes on the field. Not sure. just with his legs, but mostly with his legs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like with the arm too. And there's a possibility that you could have a franchise-changing quarterback available to you in the first round of next year's draft, whether it be Caleb Williams or Drake May or maybe one of the other projected first-round you know, quarterbacks. You know one of those other guys is going to have a hot three weeks and old McShay is going to be like, oh, the way he spins it. Yeah. I can't, just for the record, cannot wait for that to come. Yeah. And and maybe one of those guys is going to be the best of the bunch, right? right. Like, you know. That's who, the thing about it is like Patrick who, Mahomes, right? Well, Patrick 15th. Mahomes um, and then, you know, Josh Allen uh, yep. and, you know, Lamar Jackson just won totally. an MVP. It was the last pick of the, the first round. Yep. Anyways, they have the possibility of a, a franchise-changing quarterback at next year's NFL draft, no matter what they do, because sure. the Panthers, there's no changing yep. what's happening there in Carolina. That team is for Stinkina, and either is going to be drafting one or two. Like, it would kind of be a shock now to see them draft number two, considering things there. What would you do if you're the Bears? The interesting thing about this is the age for Justin Fields. Like, he was really young when he got drafted. There are guys, and they won't be the ones they're looking at at one or two, but there are quarterbacks that are going to be taken high in this draft that are going to be a year younger than Justin Fields. That's the part of this that you have to you that you have to take into the equation. But the far more important part of it is the quarterback clock, just in terms of when you have to pay these guys. You got to pay Justin Fields. You have one more year where you can have him on your roster for dirt cheap, and then you have the Lamar Jackson situation where you either got to franchise him or you got to work out an extension. I don't know what his trade value is, but you have to take another quarterback and give yourself the opportunity to reset this thing. The roadmap to winning in the NFL is to have a quarterback come in, be dominant on their rookie deal, build up the confidence in themselves and those around them to that when you have to pay them, they are truly that guy and they can paper over the holes that are there because you have to pay your quarterback that much. The idea, and I'm not saying you have to trade Justin Fields because these guys work out way, these guys work out so much less than you expect. Look at Justin Fields, but the idea that they get Caleb Williams and it is a guarantee just like Carolina is ruining Bryce Young, Chicago has to a certain extent ruined Justin Fields. So to assume that they're not going to do that with the next guy, you have to give yourself the two tracks at it. I'm not saying you can't trade Fields, but I wouldn't be, especially given where I think his trade value is going to be in the league. So you're saying hold on to Justin For Fields sure. and Caleb Williams. Draft Caleb Williams and hold on to Justin Fields, which I agree would be That's like what the you have to do. It's not going to happen. You can't. It's a toxic situation. Well, one, Caleb Williams and his dad would be like, wait, we're well, going okay. to Chicago and we're we're not guaranteed to be the starter yeah. week one. Because yeah, you, go back to USC. Good. Yeah. 
Good. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I'll snuggle your dog after another loss. I agree. That would be the ideal scenario. You're getting greedy, though. You're Yeah, and and certainly in this era of the So what? The you NFL, trade Justin Fields for yeah. your what? You're nothing? Lamar Jackson. Not for nothing. Lamar no, Jackson was just can... on the trade market. Yes. And whether you believe mm. that or not, okay. No, he wasn't. A, I mean, he was available to be signed for nothing. Could have had him. Okay? Not for nothing. There would have been a com- compensatory pick. Whatever. This is what I'm getting at. If you wouldn't have given up compensatory picks and hundreds of million dollars, mm-hmm. but you're not, and not that you're giving Justin Fields a Lamar Jackson contract, but you're going to have to pay. Like, if some team trades for him, it's to pay him. Some team's not trading yeah. for him to take, like, oh, let's But see. don't compare him to the Lamar Jackson situation. No, no. Because that was clearly collusion, right? Of like, course. there's, I didn't, the rest of the owners were like, Duh. yeah, we, we're, we're not doing this despite the fact it makes the most sense in the world because we had one rogue owner give all the guaranteed money to Deshaun Watson. Right, so we're not making that mistake again. And I, and I wholeheartedly believe that. I also think they're going to sit there and maybe it's not capital C collusion, but they're like, there ain't no way we're allowing somebody to break the bank on a Justin Fields trade here. I don't think that's going to happen. Like, do you think the team is out there that's going to give you what a first and something for Justin Fields? Like yeah. that's, I don't know that yes. that's, you think that you think so? Yeah. I, I think you can get a first for Justin Fields. I if really you, do. If you can do that, then that's the way you go about it. I just think that there you, if you're a team giving up that you have to feel that you were so ready-made because you're going to have to pay him. It's not just the experiment thing. If he had, if you were having this conversation last year, which we could have had, but for reasons we didn't, then I think you can see a world where you easy find a team to take that, where it's a guy with high pedigree. He has shown flashes. You have two years before you got to pay him. But the fact that you basically got to pay him right away after trading for him, I'm, I'm very, honestly, it's a great question for Peter of what his trade value is, because I think that that kind of answers your question. We'll, we'll talk to Peter King later on uh, in the program, but yeah, I just, I think it's, an untenable situation to have he and Caleb Williams on the team at the same time. I mean, we, we have seen, it's been three years since he was drafted, yep. but yeah, we saw the Josh Rosen mm-hmm. uh, situation in Arizona where like a year and I never got a chance. Yeah. yeah. And, and part of that was Cliff Kingsbury coming in and immediately going to his guy and Kyler yep. Murray at, at one, but which worked out so well. Yeah. We've, <laughs> we, we've, we've seen this, you know, in, uh, I mean, the jets took Zach Wilson second, three years after taking Sam Darnold. Yep. Third, so yeah, the, the, there's recent history that would support the case for moving off of totally Justin Fields. Here's what I would say definitively mm-hmm. on the Justin Fields of it all is that, yeah, there are flashes where Justin Fields, you're like, holy cow, what what are what are mm-hmm. we watching here? And yeah, part of it is an incomplete this season because of the injuries, but part of that is like, yeah, that's predictable, buddy. Yes. Like that's gonna happen to Justin Fields because of the value he provides with his legs. If you give up Justin Fields. I feel pretty confident that he's not, you know, you're not going to see the image of him hoisting a Lombardi over his head in, in years to come. I think he is, his destiny is to be a quarterback that's, that maybe multiple franchises are going to convince themselves they can get the best out of, but he is just a gift machine, right? Like, mm-hmm. and then he has these flashes, but the overall consistency, like pick up some wins eventually. Like this isn't, the Bears were not supposed to be in this. They're, you know, that, that I know, it, the Monday night football matchup yep. between them and the Vikings looked awful on paper mm-hmm. at this point. And there was only one touchdown scored and it was not for the winning team. But yeah, this was not supposed to be another rebuilding year for the Bears. This is a Bears team that acquired assets mm-hmm. and, and weapons. They were supposed to win football games. And I know he's been hurt too, but yep. no. Eventually you got to pick up some wins, which he hasn't been able to do. Yeah, no, I don't I don't think I don't think you need to worry about the idea of it. I I just look at it as like from a 
doing, if you have time, use it scenario. And the idea of, again, if it's a first round pick, I think we're laughing calling him that trade. I'd be doing that in the heartbeat. I just, because of where he's at in the contract, I don't know that you're getting that. Again, we'll ask Peter. Uh, Carolina Panthers do fire Frank Reich, though. Mm. Is David Tepper is like, I think he's moving, maybe not into pole position because uh, James Dolan exists, but yes. like he's he's in the conversation amongst the worst owners in pro sports. Now, according to ESPN stats and information, uh, information, there have only been six NFL head coaches since the merger who didn't finish their first season with the team. Three of those have come <laughs> in the last three seasons, Urban Meyer, Nathaniel Hackett, and now Frank Wright. Now, David Tepper, he spent over $2.5 billion mm-hmm. on the Panthers, and he also spent money on Charlotte FC, uh, which I okay. that was news to me, uh, but the MLS team. He's gone through five coaches in four years, including four in the past 18 months. Uh, he's also on the hook for roughly $25 million in buyout fees for the last two NFL coaches that he is paying, including Matt Rule yep. and now Frank Reich. I, this is a be careful what you wish for thing when it comes to pro sports ownership, mm. that you want your owner to care about you the do. product, that you want him to be passionate, right? Yeah. Sports fan. Yes. But also, like, understanding that he doesn't know everything, right? And yep. and that he's like, hey, I watch football every week, but yeah. Well, it's ne- also, is there a worse, like, I'm not going to pretend that, you know, any owner who just comes from, you know, business, financial world is going to be super plugged in and and to the level of an, an executive in any sport. But is there any sport where the game that those guys talk about and the game that people who watch it on TV and right. care about it talk about are are more different? There isn't right. one. No, there isn't. No. Yeah. Like, this isn't some guy named Gord buying the Sens and going, oh, we got to get pucks in deep. Like, it's not quite that, because guess what? <laughs> Gord might be right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A little more to it than that. Yeah. And especially if, you know, Bryce Young was your handpicked That's quarterback. That's the worst part of it all. Yuck. Rough. Rough stuff. All right. When we come back, though, speaking of rough, ooh, the Ottawa Senators got a little rough. Ooh, nasty. The, the Florida Panthers last night. A Panthers team the Leafs will see tonight down at Scotiabank Arena. We will see firsthand as we're going down to the game as well. We'll talk about the new look Leafs uh, as far as a, a shuffled lineup coming up next as the fan morning show continues. Ben Annis, Brent Gunning, Sportsnet 590, The Fan.